Welcome to episode 41 of the unofficial Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Dave. And this episode we'll be discussing the second episode of the Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life Revival. This one's called Spring. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. That's a good episode. We've literally just finished watching it. Yeah, so normally we're fresh we'll like, off, you know. <laughs> the high of watching yeah. that episode. Man, they were packing it in. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so much. It's just really overwhelming. Like, it, it was different to do the, you know, a show about each, like, 40-minute episode before. I know. Because like, they didn't spend a lot of time, and it, they didn't, like, actually pack in all the characters and every you gotta, time. And you gotta have your wits about you. I mean, Mr. Kim made an appearance. I almost, I blinked. He missed it. I, I blinked, and I missed it. I, I literally, pa- like, I blinked, and I reached for my beer, and I missed it. I paused it, and I was like, did you, do you understand what just happened here? We saw Mr. Kim. You're like, you didn't even... Well, it's just a lot. I mean, it's already a fast-paced show anyway, but yeah. this is like... They are just rapid fire. Like, these, they're these, like, we have four episodes. We're going to get everything covered. Everything <laughs> covered. That was so good. And then the... Uh, I don't know. I was like, jumping into like the, the Koreans. They, I don't know whether they were like North Korea. At least people that came in and they're like afraid of like loud noises. They didn't have electricity at night. I don't know. South Korea, North Korea, which side? I don't know. I don't know either. Korea, I guess. I think about these things when I watch these episodes. There's too much going on. A lot going on. Kirk had an independent film that was freaky. I know. That was awesome that we got to see another film by Kirk. That was probably (laughs) one of my favorite parts of the whole episode was seeing that. Just because, you you know, we got that before, but not very much. I don't know. There's, it was a lot. Where do you start with this one? You want to go like chronologically? Maybe no, I don't know that we can do it chronologically because Maybe like not. the therapy sessions happen throughout the whole episode. All right, well let's so jump let's, around. What do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about the therapy sessions first. All right, I, you, I, I, I called you it, nailed it. Well, at least for the spring episode, they were the Friday night dinners, right? Totally, yeah. Um, a contrived reason to get people together and and talk they had about an appo- stuff. Standing appointment every week to meet. Yeah, just like Friday. Night I, lo- I love that. Like between the two of them, the therapist or the psychiatrist started smoking again <laughs> and got all frazzled. <laughs> She, the beginning, she looked really like had her together, her had her shit her together. Her hair yeah. was was perfect, and she was really calm and cool and collected. It's like you know, no rules here; anything mm-hmm. goes. And then by the end, she was like, "I just started smoking again." <laughs> she almost handed Lorelai a cigarette, and she thought about it for her a hair was all messed up. And <laughs> yeah, that those ladies will do it to you, I guess. Uh, I don't really know how effective of a therapist she was, but. Um, it was interesting. I, I was hoping to glean more from those therapy sessions than we did. Yeah, maybe know? more insight. Yeah. Maybe they'll go back to them. Like, they never touched on the letter. Right. They, That'll like, probably come back later. Hopefully. I mean, they were like, we're going to pick it up next week. And then the next week, they started arguing about something else. Mm-hmm. So, um, Emily thinks there's this letter that Lorelai wrote her and like on her birthday. It looked really nasty. And Lorelai claims that she didn't. So, mm-hmm. um you're already kind of seeing Emily. Are they hinting that her memory is going a little bit because she forgot Rory was spending the night? And mm, so I, don't I hadn't know. thought about that until you just said. I it. hope not. I doubt it. I don't know. I think she's got a lot going on. Yeah. 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 She's trying to like franchise Luke, yeah. among other things. That was. That was. I liked how they brought that back because that's from season five. Yeah, where, where he goes to the Richard country club and. And he gets him, he, he like hooks him up with this guy, this like coin guy, and then he hooks him up with this guy that like gives a close shave, and like he's got a guy for everything. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted him to franchise back then. Yeah. And so the you know Richard put that in his will. He left him some money for that specific yeah. purpose. I knew that there was that that not that it was for the franchising, but I knew that there was something in the will for Luke the moment they called him at the movie theater. 
that that uh, Emily called him. Yeah, I was. It I, seems like if, like again, if you're if you're Emily Gilmore, I would like to consider myself Richard Gilmore a little bit in this idea that like I plan things out and I also like put things into motion to make other things happen. Like he is reaching back from the grave and affecting life by the stroke of a pen and a trust that he set up with some amount of money to do this thing with, right? And it's and it can be you can do stuff like that in a trust or in in your will. You can say like you, you can have a million dollars if you wear red shoes for a year, right? Like that you can do weird shit like right. that. And you what you would have is you'd have like a lawyer, maybe like a private investigator to uh, validate that a person did in fact. You can set up a mechanism to say like, oh, you have to take a photo of your red shoes every single day or your pink shoes. I can't remember what I said. Um, you, you, you can you can build stuff like that into the will or into a trust and say like, if you don't follow these rules, it gets yanked right and it goes to my dog. Right. Yeah. I I know I understand that Luke and Lorelai are resistant to this money and the whole idea because I feel like it's they're being controlled and mm-hmm. they're being like puppets yeah. um, forced to do what Emily and Richard want them to do. But at the same time, I understand the Emily and Richard side of it and they want to like see them be successful and yeah. he doesn't want to just leave him a chunk of money. He wants to say, I want you to do this thing and be successful and let it grow. And Yeah, and that's his right to do yeah. with those funds, right? But then at the same time, like if, if, it's complicated because Luke doesn't necessarily want to like burn bridges, but if he was really adamant about not growing that business and he was comfortable with his life, he can articulate, he should be able to articulate that to Emily and just pass. Right. Right. And she'd get upset, whatever. And then you just be, but he went ahead and went on thing. But I also, I also acknowledge that for the show, like that helps make drama and have things happen and stuff like that. Right. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I see it both sides. I, I would, I can see myself being the Richard side and I can also see myself being the sole proprietor of a diner on the Luke side and like, I'll do what I want. I'll do what I want. I don't need you. And I don't, I don't, I don't want a franchise because also like bouncing back and forth between one town and another town. Yeah. Like that's a lot of work, he, right? He likes, he likes what he does, mm-hmm. you know, and if he franchised, he wouldn't get to do that every day necessarily. So, right. um, I do like how when Emily showed up with the real estate lady and they were looking at the different diners, and he was like, oh, this one's not available. And then they were like, everything's available. And it's totally <laughs> you, you, true. You and I looked at each other. We're like, so true. That was awesome. <laughs> everything's for sale. Well, mo- most everything's for yeah. sale. And most everything's available. Well, and also, I don't know. I think it's a little bit different, too, because Luke and Lorelai didn't get married. And that's awesome that Richard still thought to leave mm-hmm. Luke something and cared enough to yeah. leave him something. But I also understand because they're not married, he's not going to just say, "Here's my, you know, fortune for you to, yeah, to have to." I, so. I don't. I don't know that he would have done that if they were married, unless he got some indication. No, no, no that, he would have given it to Lorelai, and then maybe Luke by what, what by association, yeah, or by through marriage, married, yeah, and then maybe if they got divorced later, I, you know, or some amount of money, mm-hmm. and then more for the franchise idea because right. he liked that idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but it does change things, both legally and also socially, that they're not married. So, I also, I have to personally say, I, and because I, I did had said before that I really wanted Luke and Laura to be married, mm-hmm. and um, I like that Emily called her out on it and said, "No, you guys are roommates. You're booty buddies. Booty buddies. <laughs> it's like an Airbnb up in there." It's true. I mean, I, I again, I'm old fashioned. I told you I'm Emily Grimoire at heart, yeah. so I get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm more free spirited in that, like, I want to like let people live their lives, and that, like, the therapist said, like, people that aren't married can have long lasting relationships, yeah. but 
It is still one of these weird social contracts that we have, and it's just, I don't well, know. And, and it's the thing that, like, quote unquote, the gays, which we should talk about, uh, the gays have fought for for a long time. It's important. Yeah, it's important to a lot of people. So um, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't know. I can see it both ways. Well, and you see the difference between like Emily and Richard and they explain their 50 years of marriage she knew she knew that he left that money to Luke and for the diner and like they knew everything you think that Emily knew it before she read the yeah yeah probably I'm sure they wrote their rules together like yeah. most married people do uh, so we should, we should have like a public service announcement here that everyone oh, has listened everybody to get a will seriously will. Emily wasn't joking you need a will <laughs> and they're state specific yes so if you move from like California to Nevada com. totally get a will. if you don't take anything else from this <laughs> podcast you got all serious real fast get a will. hey it is serious <laughs> it is yeah I mean you can, you can do you can make your wishes known in that and then it also helps the people around you after you've passed away that kind of thing so right. and life insurance <laughs> okay um and then you look at Luke and Lorelai's relationship. Like I said, you look at Richard and Emily's and they, like she said, they knew everything. She knew his every thought. Mm-hmm. They had a great 50 years of marriage. And then you look at Luke and Lorelai and they're still lying to each other. Right. About who went to therapy. She said, lied and said that they still went to therapy. If she she could have had like a gray area, right? Or she said, Which oh, I'll... it was fine. Right, right. Which she you... still should have told him. Yeah. She still should have told him. Because she was annoyed important. that her mom was dragging her to therapy. But I, in, in like, because, you know, marriage takes... You know, it's it's there's some finesse in it, right? Like if I thought that you were having a really shitty week, and I thought that telling you about my mom not showing up to our our joint therapy session would have opened up a Pandora's box of things we'd have to discuss that night, or it would add stress to your week, I might have held that back and just said it wasn't. You know, it was very it was very normal. I'll tell you more about it another time. This was the second session, though. Yeah. So and then he in turn did not tell her right. about going to look at the different so, diners. He's just gonna hold so on to that little. That's gonna be one of those things. It's like, what are you guys doing? You did this with April Nardini and mm-hmm. Christopher stuff before. Didn't you learn your lesson? So I don't know. That was again. I guess it's to create drama for later episodes too. Maybe. But also, people do people do, do that stuff like that. In but real I life. think that that is you know important in their relationship. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Lorelai continues with the therapy sessions because, you know, the therapist was asking her, well, do you want to be married? And, and, and Lorelai said, well, I was married before and it wasn't never supposed to have happened. And I think that was a little jab at like the season seven writers. Yeah, but, well, so, were they ever married before that? Or she just no, got knocked got, up and then... No, they just eloped in season seven. No, no, but... but they but never got married before. When he got he, he her pregnant. He proposed because her parents made him, made him but, but didn't. she didn't. No. Okay. Right. No. Well, no okay, so, you're yeah, right. I think that was, that was a little little jab at that. So, so it'll be interesting to see if the therapy sessions continue. But since you wanted to talk about the gays, let's talk about the gays <laughs> next. <laughs> the gays. There's supposed to be a gay... Per- Per, uh, uh, Star Tell us they had their first gay pride parade. Gay pride parade, mm-hmm. yes. And they <laughs> he couldn't they couldn't find enough gays to be in it, and they were talking about like shipping in gays from another neighbor like, from a neighboring town. And then Gypsy was like, "Are you sure there are no other gays? <laughs> no other people that want to come out?" And they, like, <laughs> and everybody waited. was looking at Taylor. <laughs> that was really poor funny. guy. Yeah, but here's 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 what I liked about that scene. Amy Sherman-Palladino or, like, other people that are involved in the show, like, they're clearly not having this whole safe space, 
politically correct bullshit that's going on right now in the country like they in our hinted country. at that in the last episode with Lorelai saying you're body shaming me it's a trigger warning when Luke was giving her a hard time for wanting to eat tater tots exactly so. and, and I felt like that was kind of like a, acknowledging that this show is going to continue like it was in 2005 before the world got crazy right, right. so these characters can't speak openly about this stuff they can't they can't be upset that they can't find enough gays to come down to this thing, you know, or like, oh, isn't your attractive friend going to come? He's like, well, he's straight. Like, they're not getting into the nuances. Like, now, if you're in a town hall meeting and you do that stuff, there's a good chance that somebody that went to one of these, like, you know, private schools would try and call you out on it and say, like, oh, you know, it's anything like, you're shaming me, or like, I can't believe you said that. That's not gender neutral, you know, these kind of things. Um, or I'm non-binary, like this, these types of things. And so it was almost like a, a clear bat signal to say, like, for the rest of this season, we're not playing these reindeer games. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to let people be people because that's what they are, especially in, like, a small town in Connecticut, Cincinnati? Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. It's Connecticut, <laughs> David. Sorry, Tom. I always forget where it's at. Ooh. I feel like it's, like, they're trying to be, like, Springfield where they could be in lots of places. One of my favorite things from that scene was when Gypsy said, if you want to bring money to the town, Taylor, why don't you open a bar? I'll open all night and like bring in a lot yeah. of money. And then Babette was like, or you can just tax the secret bar. And I was like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> it was awesome. So good. You know, the little towns like that have the speakeasies. You know what I mean? There's always yeah. someone. Someone's got like a, a man cave that just grows and grows. Right. And I see you know, it's like friends of friends start coming and you're like, all right, I guess that's cool. You know, and then people like you don't even know are like hanging out in your man cave. You're, char- you're charging a cover charge. Right. And there's a, there's a secret knock to get in. That's funny. So the other thing they mentioned was about the B-rated actors that are staying at the Dragonfly Inn. And I wonder if that Hollywood movie, I wonder if that's going to like just be for spring or if that's going to like flow oh, into summer. Probably just for spring. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully Michelle doesn't leave, but I think that her feelings about Michelle leaving are really because she feels abandoned by Suki already and doesn't want Michelle to also leave. Right. But how awesome was it to see Rachel Ray? Yeah. And that Lorelai that- fired Rachel Ray. <laughs> <laughs> fired Rachel Ray. I don't think that she was playing herself, except that her name was Rachel. Clearly. No, 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 no. They already said that she like had they she fired Anthony Bourdain because they like these chefs do these pop ups. They don't have oh, to have a brick and mortar. They'll no, go I, to like use that. a kitchen. No, they said in the last episode that she. So didn't, you think like, that she was there as Rachel yes. Ray? Yes. All right, I'll give you that. So she fired Rachel Ray. <laughs> Why would they name her Rachel? Just to let it go no. easy, you know. No. Clearly not. No. Okay, but it the, was Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray. There it is. So I I don't know. Like I you know <laughs> those things take me out of the show a little bit because I'm like. Realistically, no, realistically, would a, would a sole proprietor of an inn really be that like curt with her and be like, okay, well, people aren't eating, so pack your shit up and get out. Like, no, they don't. They would be a little bit, have a little more tact. Let her run the night, not renew it the next time. And that the old Lorelai would have had oh, tact. T- totally. So so I don't I know that it was a little bit out of character. Maybe it's she's acting that way because she feels she, well, lost she, without Suki. She wants Suki back. Yeah. Anybody that's not Suki, I feel like that way at work sometimes. We're like. We'll start some new project and want to bring in, like, you know, we'll hire somebody new to do this because the person that was perfect for it is busy doing their thing, right? And then to find out that, like, the person you hired isn't quite up to snuff or isn't, is it obviously isn't, like, this perfect uh, imagined thing that you have. And then everything else becomes, you're short-tempered with them and you're like, like, you're not so-and-so, you know? Yeah, I get it. Well, Suki we know that to. Suki's going to come back eventually, right? Maybe in the last 10 minutes of the last episode. Probably. <laughs> um, we got to see Jackson in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. And then Luke talked on the phone to Liz and TJ, and thank God they were not in it. They are like <laughs> my 
least favorite characters ever. A Minesca Rogue. So annoying. <laughs> so annoying. I hope they stay with their cult that they accidentally signed up for and we don't have to see them. I'm sorry if you like them. I just they just really annoyed me. Everyone's got a family member like that though. That's true. That's what it is. I liked that Vecta um Jackson I like that she thought that the uh compost pile was attractive <laughs> she's hungry That's which so she had to be really hungry she doesn't even like salad and vegetables right. right so oh and then let's not forget that the real paul anka made a cameo made a cameo yeah. you were asking if he's in another episode i'm I don't pretty know sure there he... was an episode called the real paul anka and he the was real paul anka and you think that it was like a dream sequence yeah let me just look yeah, it google it yeah search consult the book of knowledge I, I, right pulling out of my memory bank from like the Real Paul Inca, episodes, season six, episode 18. Told you. I'm pretty sure she had a dream or like the Real Paul Inca. I remember like when she was saying that it sounded very I feel like familiar. We, and like, we probably even <laughs> we covered, covered that episode. We covered it in our, our Yes, you just have a really bad memory. Let's see if he's in the And credits. you. <laughs> oh, I said it and you were like, no, he wasn't in it. Yes, he's in the credits. He was in it. Mm. So I was right. There you go. Make it a comeback. Awesome. He's looking good. Um, but yeah, another dream sequence. She has weird, weird dreams. And I like that they show them sometimes. It's kind of fun and, you know, People have weird dreams. Up. I have weird dreams. I know. I told you this morning I was yelling, or not yelling, but like I woke up and told Ellie to like not take any more clients for her practice. And She the, was watching Doc McStuffin. I was like half asleep it. on the couch. <laughs> like I woke up and told our daughter not to take any more clients. <laughs> like in the middle of saying it, I realized that this was just me halfway dreaming. And so I got backed off. She's like, what? I was like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of my favorite scenes was when they were at Chilton. Hmm. You had a favorite scene in that. Not the fact that they went there, but you had a favorite scene. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I guess my favorite parts, Part. parts of this okay. episode was yeah. when they were at Chilton. It was great. Because you got to see Paris be full on Paris. And I always love that. It always makes me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. And I just love her because she just says everything that. Other people are thinking, like, right? Did you show me like a YouTube video? I should recently? have all of her best one-liners. It's yeah, awesome. it was good. I'll, I'll I'll include the audio for that at the end of this. What did you like about the the like? Were there particulars? Like, I mean, it is cool to go back to your alma mater and like see teachers. And it was like she like reached across the the or she like yelled across the hallway. The little thing she like ducked out to avoid Paris, you know. And then in, in an interesting dynamic to see her as you know now like a philanthropist and somebody's a donor to the school. She's given a hundred grand, and now she's like wanting the books to be audited, <laughs> questioning what they did with the money, wanting the, to look at all the fixtures. Yeah, and- the old headmaster that she called sexist. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. And then she ran into or saw Tristan, which I didn't we didn't rewind it or anything, but like I didn't see Tristan. It was not Chad Michael Murray. Oh, uh, it was somebody that like was supposed to represent him. Yeah, I guess yeah. they couldn't get him. And it was from a distance too. And it yeah. was it was weird. And then I was part of me was like, Why is Tristan there? Because he didn't even graduate from Chilton. He got sent off to like military school mm-hmm. when they were like juniors. And but it was a love interest for Paris, or like she always a crush. Had a crush on a him, huge and crush. he didn't reciprocate. Right. So she like started flipping out. But then I think maybe it's because she just misses Doyle. But her flip out was just it was awesome. awesome. It got I mean, real. you gotta give even if you don't like Paris as a character, you gotta give the actress credit totally. for pulling that off. That was just <laughs> holding the door of their foot, <laughs> kicking those girls out of the, the girls' restroom. <laughs> and then the poor girls had to be like have. To have to go talk to Headmaster Charleston after because they were like traumatized from right, the like, talk she gave them. 
in the talk she gave the kids was like you saw Rory's talk and it was like oh what she inspirational learned. stuff and the other one's like quoting Stalin or yeah she's like I don't normally quote Joseph Stalin but and you're like oh god here she goes <laughs> and then I think it was fun to you know to see Paris and Doyle at their house even though they're not together and to see their dynamics as parents and like like flipping out over the stairs and like the stairs are like I guess messing with their lives because they. It's like a what was it a five story building? Five flights, yeah. Yeah, or five flights. It's five that? stories. Five yeah. stories, yeah. And you know that was we lived in an apartment complex that was only three stories high, and they wouldn't. And we would like, argue who got to take the dog out. To or whatever the it was, because it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. yeah, and like legally, like they didn't go to that fourth floor, I guess, because in California they they'd be required to put in an uh, an elevator. Yeah. So they only so did they three. Five and lost maids over these stairs, yeah. but it was like, are you going to take them upstairs too? <laughs> so that was the bone of contention for this. That was yeah, this that, house. That was amazing to see. Um. I'll get to Rory in a second. I always feel like I have to talk about her last because it's just it's a lot heavy. There. Yeah. But uh, we got to see some of those cameos we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. When one of the many lines they were standing in, we finally got to see Mae Whitman, who was uh, Lauren Graham's daughter on Parenthood. Mm-hmm. She was the one that she gave the Crodo cake to and then ended up giving her the shoes later. So that was fun, even though it was just for a split second that she yeah. was in it. And then the we saw another bunhead, another bunhead spotting. She was the CEO. She of was the Sandy soul. of Sandy says, mm-hmm. the one that was going after Rory. So um, she had quite a, she had like, like at least three scenes that she was in. Yeah, so. yeah, not counting, including or, the interview, including yeah. the interview. Yeah, and, and the little um, cell phone videos and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So Rory, man, she's just, <laughs> I don't know. She's not. She's Lost not, in the sauce. She's not a girl. You Everyone know? is going on all the same reasons. Like you can go back and listen to our old podcast where we dug into Dean for the same stuff. Yep. Right. Like Dean, so Rory and Logan. Shame, shame, shame. I right, just want to like, like shake my finger at both of them and be like, "What are you doing?" Unless they're gonna later come out that like his fiance is like all strategic and they don't actually like. Sleep together. They showed her in the bed when uh, Rory all right, called. All right, I'll give you that. Yeah, you, you, your your theory that was fine until she called him at two a.m. and you could see another body in the bed. Yeah, I don't know. Some people were like, "Well, she, he answered her call and blah blah blah." You know, they're gonna, hopefully gonna no, get together. No. But but damn, no. that's the low road, right? Like that's not where you want to be. And she still she's, hasn't broken up with Paul. Whether well, like they're let tec- that dude go. She's, she's technically cheating on Paul. Yeah, I think mean, that's just. I don't, know. I don't know. Well, she did the same thing. Well, she didn't cheat on anybody before. I don't think she's ever cheated Mm-mm. on anybody. But she went along with Dean when he was cheating on his wife. So it's not her first time being with somebody who's with somebody else. Right. Being the other woman. Okay. You uh, know? God, things are not looking good for I know. Lori. I know. I'm really worried about a girl. But life is not... <laughs> this is life, though, right? Like, people do these things. People, I guess. Are, people are inherently flawed, Alicia. But Rory Gilmer is not, or I was know. not, or maybe she was some. I guess. So you're gonna give her a pass when she was the homewrecker with Dean because she was like vulnerable no, and young. No, I told her she was a homewrecker back then. I said I... she was a homewrecker. Right, but no, you're right. She's. We're all. That's what I'm saying. We're all flawed. Yes. But I guess we all had higher hopes for yes. Rory. She's. Growing older, she maybe figured some stuff out. She's having Wookiee one night stands. I can't even say that. <laughs> we can't say Wookiee one night stands. It's a lot of W's. 
Um, and then the whole like lines piece. I'm glad she said that was dumb because I was sitting there the, thinking, this is dumb. I, you, you asked me like when they when they pitched it to her and I made like this audible like, Ugh. and you're like, what's that for? I was like, that's stupid. And you're like, it, like it wasn't I clear. I didn't think they were going to show it. I yeah, I was, I was like, gonna, that's like, a dumb story. Yeah. Like line, It's like there's just no substance there, right, to a, a story about why people wait in lines, right? It's, right. They're just fanboys and girls and they're, they're lemmings for the most part, right? Like, we, like unprovoked. I mentioned in the last podcast, I don't wait in lines. Normal. Except for Luke. Except for Luke's. And I made an exception for this yeah. podcast to get in there and see what it was all about. I feel like they did that because of this episode. No. They made you guys all wait in lines. <laughs> <laughs> Tricked you. It's all a big social experiment. Yeah. yeah. No. The So I, I will go through great lengths to avoid lines. I will spend more. I'll become a member of some club. You just won't go to things. I won't go to things. Mm-hmm. I'll just stay. Like, I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah. You get the idea. Yeah, the I, I, will, are... I, I will bribe, uh, you know, a bouncer and... And Lorelai didn't need to stay in line. She got Thank all this you. stuff without it. I know. I, like, we're kindred spirits. Like, that's... I, I network connect. and I would make things happen. I would have also been the person that have came, come through the back door and made friends with one of the chefs and gotten a thing before I stood in line, right? Or hooked him up with something else that, like, was not tangible. Like, not like, literally cash, but a thing. So, she got hot dogs when the hot dogs weren't normally available like all that stuff and and that's how life is like where things are interconnected like you don't know that if that a a nice thing a kindness that you extend to somebody in like the present comes back to you in the future because they are the you know they're, they're part of some sneaker company or something like that it makes tennis shoes or you take the mitchum huntsberger favor right she was hesitant to take the mitchum huntsberger same type of thing it's like you know connections yeah get people to help mm-hmm. you know so She's totally. reluctant to take it, but maybe that's what it takes. And mm-hmm. At least to get the interview, yeah, to see to what was interview. up. Yeah. But then you got to bring it when you come to the interview. Unlike what she did with the little um, with the, the Sandy startup? says. The Sandy yeah. says startup. She got caught off guard there because they were they were recruiting her hard. And also, I'll tell you from somebody who has recruited people, they're like, you know, the top of their fields uh, for work. And if I brought somebody in, I was like, look, you're hot shit and I want you. For these reasons, if they if they came in and were like, okay, sell me on it, like I would sell them on the job. I'd convince them to work there, right? And then I would also give them like really uh, specifics about what we intend them to do or not do. I wouldn't put them on the spot like that girl did, but she's also young and like who knows? I don't know. But it took her like a year to even accept. So maybe they were wondering. They hadn't seen Rory do much lately. You're right. So maybe no, they I'll, were wondering. I'll give you that. So in the, maybe she'd come in at like month four instead of twelve. Then they would have been more receptive to her. She would have been like top of her field, maybe had an address. Plus, if you looked at that place, I mean, Rory was like one of the older people there. They were, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's, you know, I don't know, maybe she's like outgrown something like that. And it's a bit like holding up, yeah, it's a bit like holding up a mirror because like I don't have an office anymore. It's all open concept stuff with like no desks or like each person just gets a chair and come in and see where you sit. And so it's like, that's oh, very prophetic, this show. So I don't know what's going to happen with Rory. Um, I hope she figures something out. The whole book deal thing. She should have fired that lady before. Uh, you know, I don't That was weird. Like I'm not, she, yeah, I'm not sure what they were trying to show. Like maybe that she... Well, that was the lady she wrote the New Yorker piece about. And they were supposed to like turn it into a book deal. Yeah, but why have the story about how you befriended or like... I think they were showing that she doesn't really have like a... Clear career plan, okay, and she's, she's kind of like desperate. Yeah, like, like she talked about like standing on straw or that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So like just flailing around. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that. 
Because she flew to London several times just to meet with that lady, and mm. like nothing. Yeah, she that, was just that a bunch world of drama. Can, and, yeah. It can be fickle. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope that she figures something out, and you know, kudos to Headmaster Charleston for offering her a teaching job if she goes and gets her master's. Yeah, wants to give her some stability. Yeah, I could see her doing that. I know? can too, but like that's not what I want for her. Well. What do you want for like what, not what she's doing now? No, so. I want her to be successful and like Definitely. do cool things and like I don't know, change the world, get a Pulitzer. Yeah, I don't know, but it's not really clear how much she's done yet, and it's been like ten years, so she's written a few good articles, but like she doesn't have like a, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I feel like um, going to Charleston is like settling. Mm-hmm. Totally, but it's good to have, but it's good to have a backup plan, I suppose. So, again, it was nice. You noticed he didn't ask Paris to come and teach. No, of course not. It's a li- that's a liability right there. Also, Paris is a doctor and a lawyer, just like she wanted to be. And also a dental hygienist. <laughs> so, that was pretty awesome. Oh, and I forgot to mention, maybe I saw one of the puffs and uh-huh. in the whole bathroom scene. They I had forgot, it out. I forgot about the puffs until I saw her. Oh. Yeah. They haven't been fully puffed. Yeah. How can you forget about the puffs? It's like weird, like high school sorority yeah. or something. Yeah. And she was like, oh, we're going to get together tomorrow with the reunion, but you won't be there because you never got to be a full puff. <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic about what's going to be happening with Rory. And I'm excited to watch the summer episode and see what we glean from that. And hopefully some some things will start to move up or look up for her, you know. Yeah. She's got two more episodes to to wrap it up yeah and then <laughs> and it's well. over yeah and then it's over we're gonna rewatch these things like crazy though right maybe like, no I, mean, I, I think i'll watch them two or three more times yeah because there's just so many things in there's there. a there's lot stuff, like literally i missed yeah a lot, a and i'm sure there's other cameos we're missing too but we just we, like, we're stuff. trying to roll these podcasts out right away so i don't have time to do all the research that i normally would so right and we have to we, we have to try and catch up or like not catch up but like they're out there right like they, they drop the entire right season. so we, we're really trying not to get spoiled here so we're trying to just like watch it yeah as best we you know as fast as we can and um so check us out leave us some comments we're on itunes now so you can leave apparently we're gonna leave um <laughs> reviews there for us do the downloads from there subscribe um check out old episodes i don't know yeah, like, leave us some comments and let us know what you're thinking um if you have watched all of the episodes please don't spoil it for anybody you know where can comments be left they can be left at gilmoregirlspodcast.com yeah i mean people i don't know I haven't, i'm not gonna go on youtube like i can't moderate youtube's or not youtube but uh itunes contents comments yeah, stuff yeah. like that so if you want to have like a dialogue with us where like you might get a response from alicia or something it would be gilmoregirlspodcast.com yes. for iTunes is for reviews of the show. Reviews it's of not the show, like right. commenting on, oh, I'm what sure did you guys get, think about this? Or right. I'm sure like people that. get confused and, and do that. But yeah. So check us out, and we will be back after we've watched Summer. Allegra Grace Fast. I swear, I do not recognize half of these people. Paris Eustace Geller. Finally, a name I recognize. Congratulations, Paris. No hard feelings. Okay. Truly believe the whole homecoming dance was Girl, you're like a pop-up book from hell. I'm sorry, have I ever been mistaken for a patient person? I want to live my life so that I'll be able to read an in-depth biography about myself in later years and not puke. He asked you out on a date. You did? Yes. Did I accept? Yes. 
Just give me more homework. It will keep my mind off my life. You're Juliet. You're the best public speaker here. You've definitely got that wave thing down, and you'll look right dead. Next order of business. I'm going on a date. Yes, you are. Oh, man. I can't believe this. I finally get asked out on a date, and I missed it. Okay, so I've already made up a list of enemies, which I've narrowed down from 26 to 5. Just at Yale? Just in this building. I can't be in a car if anybody else is driving, okay? If I die in a car crash, it's going to be at my own hand. I have to go. Paris is melting down. Why? She has a date tonight. Really? Don't sound so surprised. How do you know he sounded surprised? Because I'm a genius, Rory. I can instantly deduce that when someone hears the name Paris in the same sentence with the word date, jaws will drop. Confused looks will cover faces. Words like how and why and quick, Bob, get the children in the minivan because the world is obviously coming to an end will immediately fly out of people's mouths. I mean, who are we kidding? I am not cut out to deal with people. I was made to be in a lab or a operating room or a bunker somewhere with a well-behaved monkey by my side. National Baptism Day. Tie your tubes, idiot. What do you want to talk about? Life, love, common symptoms of sexually transmitted diseases? He was supposed to go away and never come back. I already wrote his name in my revenge notebook. Well, let's see. Perhaps you're arguing over the same boy? Sure. We're girls, so we could only be arguing about a boy, right? Sexist white hair. Terrace, are you muttering? No. I can't pick a side. Either way I look at it, I'm right. I'm in a hospital. I should be at a discotheque. Are kids still into the discotheque? I am not going to Harvard. I had sex, but I'm not going to Harvard. Okay, I'm being punished. I had sex, so now I don't get to go to Harvard. Paris, come on. She's never had sex. She'll probably go to Harvard. She's a shoo-in. Pack your chest, Eva Gilmore. You're going to Harvard. Come on. They had to really not like me for me not to get in. It's like they know me or something. Stop. She's got a C average, which means she's either lazy or stupid. I can work with either. Frankly, sometimes stupid is easier. I can scare the stupid out of you, but the lazy runs deep. Excuse me for thinking a banana eating contest was about eating a banana. Madeline, Louise, would you excuse us for a minute? Ooh, cat fight. You're not going to kiss me, are you? Well, what else do you suggest we do? You all attempted to reject them the same way they rejected me that dark day four years ago. Who's laughing now? Was the last time you had an interesting thought when you considered flinging yourself off a building? Please remember that I am your editor. I am not your mother or your hugger. If you need some love, get a hooker. If you're having a bad day, find a ledge or way to deal. My door is not open to you ever. You have five minutes to enjoy your cookies. Welcome to the Yale Daily News.